All right, Second Samuel. Today, our one verse wonder is found in Second Samuel chapter twenty-three, verses eleven and twelve. Yeah, Samuel dies halfway through 1 Samuel. I, I, so we were, my dad and I were talking about this yesterday. Why they couldn't have figured out a maybe a bev, maybe a we were yeah maybe they could have figured out a better name for First and Second Samuel. But um, here's what we read in Second Samuel 23:11 and 12. After him was Shammah, the son of Agi, the Hararite. The Philistines had gathered together in a troop where there was a piece of ground full of lentils. So the people fled from the Philistines. But he stationed himself in the middle of the field. He defended it and killed the Philistines. So the Lord brought about a great victory. So our man this morning actually has two verses dedicated to him. But other than that, he is nowhere mentioned again in God's word. Uh, In the Bible, there are five different guys who are named Shammah. The first is the son of a man named Reuel. He was a leader of the Edomites. Uh, The second was the brother of David. He was the third oldest son of Jesse. Then there are three Shammahs in the company of David's mighty men. So apparently it was a pretty popular name at the time. Maybe that was, you know, ancient Hebrew for John or something like that. But So this is the account of David's mighty men and some of their exploits. And three of those guys are named Shammah. One was a Herorite. That's all we know about him. Another was called a Herodite. And then the fifth and final Shammah was our man. He also happens to be a Herorite, but he was the son of Agi. And we have a little bit more detail about one of the things he did as a mighty man. Now, his father, named Aggie, that name means fugitive, according to Bible commentator Herbert Lockyer. And so, like many of David's mighty men, his background wasn't great. Uh, You know, when we get to the studies of David, I'm sure my dad will point out that when he starts assembling his mighty men together, they're all just a bunch of bums. They're the off-scouring of society. They're, you know, people that you didn't really want to be around. And so Shammah, he and his family were at some point on the run from something, on the run from the law, fugitives, but they found a new life when coming to King David. This passage records one of his mighty deeds during his time as, of service as a warrior of Israel. It says there, verse 11, second part, it says, The Philistines had gathered together in a troop where there was a piece of ground full of lentils, so the people fled from the Philistines. Of course, Philistine soldiers were serious and, and skilled. They, we know, employed giants in their armies. And, and some archaeological information seems to indicate that they were a very tall people themselves. Um, you know, different groups of people are taller or shorter or, you know, broader. And so, you know, some archaeologists seem to think from what we've found that Philistines were some sizable gentlemen. Uh, but Philistines were also a chronic problem for the people of Israel. They would always come back. And so Bible teachers will often point out that, you know, in the Old Testament, the Philistines typify our flesh, the sin nature, as it continually comes back again and again and again to attack us and to discourage us and to oppress us in our spiritual lives. And so we can definitely see this in our passage this morning. But, you know, just because, you know, the Philistines can typify the flesh or let's say, you know, a lot of times Bible teachers will talk about Egypt typifying the world, you know, just because they can symbolize you know, one thing doesn't mean that's all they symbolize, okay? So the Philistines can also typify all of our spiritual enemies. Um, you know, that's kind of the, the, the route we took when we were doing all those battle-ready studies, you know? It's like, okay, well, yeah, they, they generally stand for this in the Bible, but they can also stand for, 
you know, any of our spiritual enemies. And so here we find the testimony of God's man overcoming these foes, and therefore we can gain insight into how we are to win victory against our flesh and against other spiritual enemies which seek to destroy us and our relationships with the Lord. And so first way we want to look at these verses this morning is to take a look at the battlefield. And so today we kind of have a one verse wonder and a battle ready study all rolled into one and I think it's I think it's a fun one. So the Philistines had gathered together in a field that the Bible said was full of lentils, seemingly inconsequential uh, addition there, but it, it, it's fun devotionally. Uh, and from that field, they drove out the people. Now, lentils, let's talk about lentils for a minute. Lentils are a small reddish bean in the legume family. Uh, they're a summer crop. They're particularly nutritious. They're full of protein and all that other good stuff that our bodies need, but we don't eat. Uh, <laughs> in, two, in, in 2006, Health Magazine listed lentils as one of the five healthiest foods on the planet. And so, uh, you know, they're a very healthy food. Lentils also happen to be a type of pulse. Okay, I thought pulse was something you did to food, but apparently pulse is a type of food. And so all this wonderful legume information that you were hoping to get this morning, it gets us devotionally thinking about a couple of different passages in the Bible. First, we can think about 2 Samuel 17, verses 27 through 29. Let me read them to you. It says, Now it happened when David had come to Mahanaim, that Shobi brought beds and basins, earthen vessels and wheat, barley and flour, parched grains and beans, lentils and parched seeds, honey and curds, sheep and cheese, for the herd of David and for the people who were with him to eat. For they said, the people are hungry and weary and thirsty in the wilderness. And so in that passage, David was on the run from Absalom when, the, when he was trying to steal it from his father, uh, the kingdom. And the Lord provided this nourishment for David there in the wilderness, including lentils we see in that list. It was given for the refreshing of the people in the wilderness who were with David. Now the second... Uh, passage we can think about when it comes to lentils. We can think about Daniel chapter 1. It was there that Daniel was explaining to the chief eunuch that he would not eat the unlawful delicacies of Babylon, but instead he wanted a very different menu. I'm pulling this from the King James Version, and we read in verse 16, Daniel 1.16, Thus Melzar took away the portion of their meat and the wine that they should drink, and he gave them pulse. And so as we think about these lentils devotionally, we can see them as the spiritual nourishment, spiritual fruit that God bears in our lives, heavenly sustenance that the Lord sends to his people. You know, and, and I think that's an interesting thought as we kind of correlate these three different passages. And so the Philistines came and they drove the people away from their summer crop, which would not only affect their business and their livelihood, but it would also impact their physical health because they were people who were farmers and herders and dependent on their crops for survival. Spiritually speaking, we can see some interesting parallels here. here. First, the flesh, uh, symbolized by the Philistines, the flesh is at odds with the spirit. And therefore, it is in our sin nature's best interest to attack you at the place where you're being spiritually nourished, the place where you're bearing spiritual fruit. It's in the sin nature's best interest to keep you from harvesting spiritual fruit from the Lord, as it were. And the flesh, flesh tries to drive you away from prayer and away from Bible study and away from church and away from those things where you receive sustenance from the Lord. The flesh tries to keep you from those things that God is growing in your life, those things that God wants to give us so that we can be nourished in the wilderness of this world. This is why, you know, just as kind of a 
you know, general rule, we tend to fall asleep when we're trying to pray at night. This is why the phone starts ringing when we try to get into our Bibles in the morning. This is why when we're serving the Lord and living out the wonderful life He has for us, opposition arises. This is why Jesus warned us. He says, hey, they didn't like me. They're not going to like you. If you're living the way that I lived, you're going to find opposition. Be of good cheer. We've overcome the world. And the reason that happens is because our spiritual enemies, the world, the devil, the flesh within, they want to drive us away from the place of spiritual growth. That's what, that's what they always try to do. That's what the Philistines did. So let's see what Shammah did. Our man in focus. Verse 12. But Shammah stationed himself in the middle of the field and he defended it and he killed the Philistines. Now, he may have been a man who was raised by a fugitive, but once he became one of David's mighty men, Shammah discovered strength and courage and victory in his life. He was through running. I think this is interesting. You know, he's raised in a family who is on the run from the law. His name means loss, and so there's just a lot, you know, the names meant so much back then, and, and um, so they were on the run, and they had lost everything probably, and, you know, but he comes to David as king, and he becomes one of his mighty men, and now in the situation where everyone else is fleeing, he says, oh, no, 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 I'm not running anymore. I'm going to stand right here, because he had discovered strength and courage and victory in his life. The text says that he stationed himself right in the middle of that field that the Philistines were trying to rob away from God's people. I really love that word because I think it gives us a little bit of insight into his mindset. I think he was dedicated to that place, to that field full of lentils. He was going to plant himself there. He was going to station himself there, and he wasn't going anywhere. You know, he, he, he you know, locked in, and he said, all right, I'm here, you're here. I'm not leaving. I'm not running like everyone else. That field was not going to be surrendered to the enemies of the king. Now, not only did he station himself in that field, but then it says that he actively defended it. He saw what he was up against, these enemy soldiers, a troop of Philistines. But then he engaged and he contended actively against those forces which were trying to take from the kingdom. He did so with conviction. He did so with absolute severity. Notice what it says. It says that he killed the Philistines. He didn't contract with the Philistines. He didn't bargain with the Philistines. He didn't use diplomacy with the Philistines. He didn't compromise with the Philistines. He killed them. And he dealt with them in absolute terms. And so what was the result? The result, second half of verse 12, so the Lord brought about a great victory. And so for us this morning, we can see these two verses, this solitary record of the man named Shammah as a parable. We are God's man in his service. We were once fugitives on the run from the penalty of the law, but now we've been taken in by the king and we've been equipped as one of his mighty men. Here in the world, we're going to find opposition because we have spiritual enemies who seek to drive us away from the spiritual growth and the spiritual harvest that God has given to us and that God is developing in our lives. And so when that happens, when that opposition comes in, we must remember that we do not have to be afraid and that we can overcome difficulty. We can overcome temptation. We can overcome spiritual opposition. And we do so by walking in victory with the Lord. How do we get that victory? Well, we see here God is able to bring us victory when we station ourselves in a place where we are receiving his nourishment and where we're receiving his filling, his spiritual growth in our lives. When we come against opposition, whether it's uh, temptation from within, whether it's some kind of attack from without, you know, uh, then we have to remember that our spiritual lives, our spiritual growth, the spiritual fruit that the Lord has for us must be defended and we must absolutely deal with sin. If we have that understanding, if we have the understanding that, okay, I, will, I need to stay in a place where God can nourish me, where God can fill me, where God can grow me, 
And if we understand that that is the most important place to be and that we have to absolutely deal with these enemies that are around us, the sin within and you know the opposition, if we have that understanding and if we keep ourselves in the middle of that place of godly growth, then the Lord can bring about great victory in our lives. And the Lord provides that victory to us through temptation, through opposition, through difficulty. And so that's what we want. We want that victory. We want that growth. We want it. So let's go out there and get it today. Amen? Amen.